Kevin Goldsmith, currently the CTO at Anaconda, formerly with Spotify and Microsoft, and Ashley Ray Terry, formerly with uh, Nordstrom's and currently VPEing, took us almost zero seconds to jump into the value of CTO communities, forums, and connecting with others. Also, why we don't do it? Because we're just so damn busy. From seven CTOs, my name is Etienne De Bruin, and you're in the CTO studio. Just the number of things we have to do outside the job just to stay current is always a problem. And, and so then it's just, okay, I'm working 50 or 60 hours a week sometimes, and then I've got everything that is in the job, but I also need know that I need to continue to sharpen the saw and build my network and all those other kinds of things. So it's more than with the time I have, how do I spend it? How much do I invest in this community? How much do I invest in that community? How much do I invest in just my own research and those kinds of things? It's a, it's a challenge. I think it's a shorthand for decision-making too. Right? For me, this really comes down to I get exhausted from making decisions and I try to make my team make a lot of decisions. I try to give them the autonomy to do that, but I also need to be there to support them. With a group of people that you know for many years and you see them go from job to job and you see them succeed and have other team members that also succeed from under them, I think it's, it's not an accident that Kevin and I have worked together before and we find ourselves in the same community. And if Kevin says, just use Avalara, that's enough. Someone I trusted said, just do it. And, and then there's a proxy one because sometimes I don't agree with the other person's decisions at all, but I respect them and I know them long enough that I can still get a shorthand like that and I can understand an opinion and, and make a, a decision so much faster based on trusted recommendation. Yeah, I, I, I totally concur. I think the, one of the massive values of these kinds of networks is getting unbiased unvarnished kind of real world experience with some of these kinds of things. Again, these kinds of things that we have to make decisions with all the time and just hearing, oh, we tried it. Here's what worked. Here's what didn't. And here's why that made sense for us or this didn't. Just that vendors are very, vendor decisions, especially like the vendors are very happy to tell us all these great companies mm -hmm. using it. I can tell you, I've seen my logo on companies where I'm like, we don't, I don't know if we ever don't use that. <laughs> yeah, I got called. Somebody called me recently to do a checkup on some vendor that they decided we were using. And I'm like, no, I, I put my name in at their booth at some conference and won a prize and never spoke to them again. Although I still get their email a lot. They're saying we use them. It also is really helpful for you might have an SEO VP show up to talk to a VP of engineering and say, yeah. here's this tool I used at Expedia. We're going to use this for search in the platform because it improves SEO, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, maybe it, I think that's my responsibility to make that decision because it's an engineering thing. But he says, no, it's my responsibility because it's an SEO thing. If you can talk to this community of other people and find out what am I looking at? What's the challenge I'm facing? Because you really need to find out, like, was it painful? Did every one of your developers butt heads against the API? 
Did you eat it? Did you have to throw it away later? These decisions, we make bad decisions all the time. So I'm really looking for warnings. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I've found as this community has now grown, that homogeny was very important because you want to find the person that looks and sounds like me in terms of my CTO role. I want to just know, oh, okay, there's this person, there's that person. I've found that I'm starting to play the role of, oh, okay, I'm finding out people have questions around AI. Let's bring an AI person in on a CTO, or let's bring a CISO in, or let's bring uh, more diverse people in from a functional responsibility and experience area. And now I'm finding that the conversations are really flowing because now there's a shortcut to decision-making, like you said. There's someone I can talk to right now that has been vetted by the group in a way. And hopefully that helps me CTO the shit out of things. (laughs) CTO the shit out of things. Hey, I'm CTOing over here. I have a founder who I worked with once who was like, man, just CTO the shit out of this, man. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what that means, but... Let's do that. Well, so Edson, you brought it up and I was wondering if we would get a chance to talk about this because it's something that has become uh, really important to me lately, diversity. So I received a job offer through a network and my response to my partner was, wait a second, I'm a part of an old boys club. Like I just realized I literally got a job offer from knowing someone who knows someone. And if I'm not, If that group of people all look like me, then by definition, this isn't just a professional network. This isn't just a LinkedIn group. This is actually a place where people get vetted for competency or for compatibility. So it actually is more than just a nice to have. It's This is a hidden network. I'm not hidden. It's in plain sight. And all the networks are always trying to bring members in. But we have to do more because it's more than just advice. Which that too, in and of itself, is a resource that most folks don't get. Most CEOs aren't paying for coaching for their CTOs. And most CTOs aren't paying for extra training for their VPs of engineering. They're just expecting them to figure it out. Yeah, I think that you just made the angels cry because A, CTOs need to be able to articulate the value. So I, I absolutely need orthogonal thinking every single day. And secondly, I have to be able to talk to my CEO and say, dude, this is not a request. I'm telling you, this is what we're going to do. I need this type of network. And and, and instead, it becomes like a hat in hand, like, oh, I would really love this. I remember the first time I put my request in to go to a conference. I thought it was, I thought Christmas came early when it got approved. I could fly to Paris, rounds and rounds of why I need to go, what am I going to bring back, blah, blah, blah. And I remember feeling, wow, they did something amazing for me is they sent me to a place where I can go learn more things to bring back to this company. The cost of training is so much less than the cost of acquisition. I don't know about you. I honestly have a much easier time advocating for training for the people that work for me. Than I do advocating for my own training. I can, I can very easily develop an ROI and articulate why it's important that I include this amount of money in my training budget every year. But it's a lot harder for me to say, I want to spend some of that on me than I want to spend some of that on my team, especially when you're in a, a more of a startup environment where just having a training budget at all 
mm-hmm. as part of your yearly budget is a bit of a luxury and there's always pressure on it from finance. I think that's always been, it, it isn't that I don't believe in it. It's more a question of, all right, would I rather say, I, I want to spend this money on me. I may have to tell two or three people that don't get to go to a conference this year. Or would I rather have them go to the conference and then I decide whether it's worth it for me to spend myself? Bad leadership can be catastrophically expensive. So let's dig into that because I do find that this is a prevailing trend with people who've worked their way. And I think none of us went to CTO school. We loved programming. We just became good at it. We kept on loving it. And then we started thinking about products. And then we started thinking about business. And now we're CTOs. Is What is that mindset, that limiting mindset that has us thinking those things? What is it about us that we won't promote ourselves? I think it really is ego. And and I'm going to challenge both of you here because i realized I needed to spend money to improve my skills as a CTO one way or another, either my boss's money, my company's money, or my own money. I knew that there were things I wanted to achieve that I couldn't with the skill set I had. And actually, it was working for Kevin that taught me that because I I saw him work and I was like, oh, I don't know how to do that. I don't actually know how to do the things he's doing. And I couldn't just replace him right now. I'm deeply interested in getting better. And I think the two of you probably are really comfortable with your skill set being where you're at, right? Especially Kevin, you came up through multiple ranks of director and the VP of engineering and then CTO, instead of just jumping into the deep end and figuring it out. It's definitely, I definitely the way I got to the role, because it wasn't like I was 25, joined a startup. Three years later as a, C- a CTO and then have been a CTO for 20 years. Now I, I came up through the bigger companies and they moved up the ranks. So I spent a lot longer at every rung up, up to the CTO role. But I'll tell you definitely that, oh, I'm not comfortable with my skills. That I am constantly trying to improve it. It's just a question for me of at any time, what's the best way? Is it reading? Is it right. out of these kind of networks where I'm talking to my peers and trying to understand the challenges they're facing and, and try and, and, and learn from them? Or is it actually having coaching, hiring a coach or something like that? And I think the challenge has been for me, like having worked in big companies, I've worked in small ones in big companies where you have a lot more of these things that you can just take advantage of and they're just built in. Mm. It's very easy to do that. I, it's when I'm in a smaller company where there is pressure on budget. Where I, if I'm going to have to choose, I find it much easier and, and maybe this is wrong, but I generally find it much easier to say, again, I can pass on this right now because I think these, the people that were for me need it more than I do. And maybe that, I think a lot of people would probably, a lot of people in our role would probably say, actually, no, that's not the best. If you ask them, they would prefer that you invest some in yourself too. And I don't mean that as an insult. Certainly, right? So yeah, it's when there's money to spend, I, I'm, I'm good to spend on me. But when money is a little bit tighter, where we're just watching budget a little bit more, then I tend to say either I can go without for a little bit in, in order to make sure the folks that work for me have. For sure. And is, do you think that money to spend Do you think that networks like this should be able to exist without that financial investment? When I came back from Europe the first time, but it's not, it's a coffee club and there's speakers 
but it is not as fully branched out because it was very aware of the time cost that everyone's contributing to it. So there's an active group. If you're not constantly working on something related to seven CTOs, then you're disappointing a lot of people that have expectations. So I think it's, it's really just about the degree to which the engagement with the group is more like, for instance, I don't have a problem talking about product and sales inside your group. I don't worry that people are going to be like, oh, you're too spammy because we all share the need to promote our SaaS products or whatever. I'm a lot less willing to do that in a group where everyone is halfway between its personal professional development network and halfway between an expensable training activity. It feels less formal. So that lack of formality reduces your expectation. Mm. Yeah. And it's definitely hard to maintain virtually. No, I agree with that. I'm a member of kind of local organizations of senior technical leaders in Seattle and London and Germany, as well as like on, I don't know, five different slacks of mm-hmm. technology leaders that probably we're all on. And I find all of them valuable for me, I think specifically because I'm the one paying to, to be a member uh, is coming out of, you know, my pocket. So I'm looking at it constantly with a, I should be getting the value where the, some of the others, it's a mailing list. That was Kevin Goldsmith and Ashley Wrighteri. And actually they'll be in the studio soon again with some reflections on the Spotify model for organizing software development teams. So be sure to check that out. Also check out 7ctos.com, 7ctos.com, and you'll find a lot of information around peer groups for CTOs, VPEs, directors, and also one-on-one coaching. So be sure to check that out. And also please leave us a little review or a little four stars five stars and let's get this let's get some momentum going cheers see you next week